uh, didn't see you there. Uh, this is Live from the Hellmouth. We're back. We're back. We figured we'd come back. You know. See how you guys worked. Um, we are going to do a fun little bit of trivia. Yeah. Trivia. I'm excited for this one. The question was posed by Ellie, so I will let her do the honors. Was it posed by me? No, you posed it. I think you posed it, and then I refined it slightly. Okay. Okay. So, the question is, if you could create your own Scooby gang, which would be Buffy, and then Hannah decided you yourself would be Buffy. Yeah. In in your own fantasy, yes. you get to be <laughs> Buffy. These are the rules of the game. So, it would include you, yourself, uh, Xander, Giles, and Willow. Mm-hmm. So, out of that... Of the Whedonverse. Whedon. Whedonverse. <laughs> of the Whedonverse, yeah. who, would, who would you pick? I went for kind of like a Tessa Thompson spin, her whole thing with like the Lady Liberators. I wanted a Scooby gang, but like a Scooby girl gang. So. Ooh. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So it's all ladies. Oh. It's all ladies. Okay. First I'm of all, now. I'm bringing in Echo as my Willow role because I feel like both of them turn into these kind of like sorcerer ladies. They're both a little bit socially awkward for a bit. Echo could be gay. We don't know. Yeah. Willow definitely yeah. is. Um, for my Xander role, I want to bring in Black Widow. Okay, this is so not fair. I just like I stuck Stick to the rules. Stick with me. She has biting one-liner comments. <laughs> Not her defining trait, but uh, Xander wears all black in the comics. Black Widow wears all black always. And then for my Giles, I would have Pepper Potts. (laughs) Is that not how we play the game? That's my group. Pepper Potts, Black Widow, Echo, and me just tearing, tearing it up. See, I don't even have a response to that. Because now mine are going to be like... Give it to me. Just give it to me. I'll make it good. I mean, no, I don't really want to. Give it to me. Okay, fine. So for Xander, I decided Wash. No, yeah, that's good. Right? That's, that's okay. really solid. And then, so initially I was going to do Inara for Willow, but I like forgot that she was socially mm. awkward at the beginning. Because mm-hmm. in the comics, she's so powerful. So I don't know who else like in the Whedonverse kind of has that awkward yeah. streak to her the only person i could think of who's not really awkward but kind of like starts out as a newbie is what is her name in dollhouse sierra yeah yeah that would yeah. be good i'll do sierra then i also she's in the hundred and i love the hundred oh the hundred is so good yeah the hundred little shout out little and, plug for the hundred <laughs> exactly and for the washer i'll just do boyd easy simple easy simple he's basically a washer uh, you can go online for hashtag live from the Hellmouth and hashtag ENGL41 to say who you think would win in a Scooby gang off between Ellie's gang and my <laughs> super duper girl gang. And we are going to tackle two huge topics. We are. We are. (laughs) These are that of the new Watchers and race in the Slayer League. I don't even know. Slayer Slayer. sorority? I was throwing that around, but that didn't feel right. Sorority scare me, I'm not going to lie. Well, the Slayers scare me, I'm not going to lie. This is true. Okay, so... 
But then, then, then their initials are the SS. SS. <laughs> Take it back. Yeah, they can no. be the league. They're SL. SL. Slayer League. Slayer League. So, we're hanging out primarily in the first three pages, for those of you following along with us. And this comic starts off in an interesting way. We have... The Long Way Home always does this kind of first panel in the on the first page of the kind of like part two when they do all the credits. And this is a single panel with a cup of coffee. And it says, I used to be a watcher in this kind of what we assume is a thought bubble. There's no little tail to it. It's green. You flip over and then you were just hit with sensory overload. But it's chaos. It's chaos. Half of them are ninjas. There are ladies running around. And you can see in the upper left-hand corner kind of the window that you assume was from the first panel. Giles comes out. He goes, enough. And we have this interesting thought process because on the one hand, he's talking about like how the Watchers used to outnumber the Slayers and now the Slayers outnumber the Watchers, but he doesn't really identify as a Watcher anymore. And there's a kind of sadness about him. Also, they're vaguely in Eastern Europe. I don't know. Yeah, they kind of try to anchor us with the building in the background. It doesn't look familiar to me as a landmark. Do I, you... I want to say, like, Russia. Okay. Like, Orthodox Church yeah, Russia. that makes sense. But that's a pretty vague... Once again, like we talked about in the previous episode, um, grounding where our characters are is really tough in the comics. So, I think what strikes me the most about Giles here, and correct me if you think that there's something different that strikes you, is he seems a lot less playful than the Giles of the show yeah. so i always felt like the scooby gang kind of wore him down enough that he was like fun he's like the uptight british guy but like secretly not right right he's kind of like that the cliched butler yes who's exactly. always like very proper but then always has like a snide word i'm thinking like um fresh prince of bel-air type. yes yes um, jeffrey yes <laughs> so basically what we're seeing here is a classic like british overlord he seems to be the clearest remnants of the Watcher's Council, wouldn't you say? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, we'll get into it later, but again, you the bottom far left and far, far right panels, um, you have a massive faces. Um, and this time, they're going for inclusivity and diversity. Um, we have different races, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we'll get into that, but it's just interesting how prominent. And then you have Giles in the middle, who's this kind of stuffy British white guy. <laughs> his face matches his sweater, matches yep. his shirt, matches his cup. It's just like oatmeal. Beige. He's yeah. oatmeal. <laughs> just beige <Or> vampire. Porridge. <laughs> and then you flip over and you kind of... I, there's definitely, even though Giles doesn't call himself a watcher anymore, Buffy wouldn't call herself a watcher, you have this linking between them and that they all have kind of similar panels and, and you then, have a gaze i mean in that let's see it would have been the second page so page five uh the bottom left mm-hmm. and then back to the next page with buffy she's looking there's kind of that looking there's the looking and then there's also she's finishing Giles' sentence he says yeah, that's true failing to use your single most valuable asset each other but you get this more like she's on the same level we talked about that yeah there's no balcony. We described her as a camp counselor. Um, yeah. She's very much a, like, maybe I'm only, like, three years older than you, but I can teach you some stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's the same level. They're all girls, once again. It's not that weird, like, Giles looking over Buffy in the library kind of feeling. But it is interesting that this whole idea of them fighting together, but Buffy is fighting them alone 
uh, this is kind of a foreshadowing of, I think she just feels very isolated by her position, but I would say this is one of the warmer moments where she just kind of, you get this little training montage. And then we get this really interesting jump to Andrew, because the first clue, this was going downhill, clearly dot, dot, dot. And then you kind of expect that same training rhetoric yeah. to take place, but... It doesn't happen. So we get introduced to Andrew, who was in the original television mm-hmm. series. Um, so it's the first time we get him in comic form. And he goes out full fanboy on us. Full fanboy. He, he goes, is talking he, about Empire Strikes Back. He's full Star Wars, kind of preaching to his circle of people. He's in Italy? Italy? We've been saying Italy... I think it says it later in the text, but you also get this, like, classic villa, these yeah. trees. It's kind we'll of... We'll say Italy. We'll say Italy. You're the expert. Uh, mm, I mean, we're, it's fine. Whatever. Italy. Yeah. It, it, it's Italy. For for background, yes. Ellie is Italian. Yes, this is I didn't, true. <laughs> I just make that up. Um, I would say, this is interesting, because I think that Buffy has moments where she looks like Buffy from the from the show. Or not at all. Or not at all. And Giles, to me, always looks like the Giles from the show. Andrew looks nothing no. like what I remember him from the show. So yep. it just, it's interesting to me. I think it happens a lot with Willow, where you don't get it all the time that she yeah. looks like Willow. But Xander, I feel like, usually looks like Xander. So I don't know if that's like rewriting, or they just couldn't capture their essence, but... He just looks more childish. He almost looks like Jonathan. Yeah. To be yeah, honest. Actually, though. Um, but I think we kind of mentioned this earlier. What he has is the classic unqualified fanboy in a leadership role kind of a thing. Looking at you, Joss. But we looking at we, you. <laughs> we are. I mean, this is if I if I had to say who Joss's surrogate was right now, Andrew. I, I'd say Andrew. No, for sure. Just because Xander's gotten too serious. And too buff. And too buff. He's like a he's like a main character protagonist in a way he wasn't in the last one, oh, where he's sure. like not just a side piece. Well, he's not the like last member in the Scooby Gang who has no power anymore. He's kind right. of taken that power institutionally, so he has no like actual like Slayer power or magic. But now he can like walk around. And... I think what gets me about that is like Willow becomes a witch, and she has yeah. like this <laughs> process of becoming one. And Buffy was born a slayer, Giles was born a watcher, and Xander spent one Halloween as a soldier, and he's like, I get it now. I, too, have powers. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, I feel... uh, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth, but I'm saying it's Andrew. He also... he. This is a little bit of world building for us about how these new watchers are, even though they've gotten rid of the council, so it's supposed to be a bit more of a democracy, they're still institutionalizing a lot of rules. And he's doing this with the no guns rule. So you get this kind of like Furiosa character who's like guns blazing. And he's like, no, no. But it's also funny because then Buffy is still the head. And then we're talking about that where Giles is very much still the head watcher, even if he doesn't consider himself a watcher per Mm -hmm. se. Um, it's very much like those are the two OG in those positions, and they remain so. Um, so even Andrew is saying no guns, and it's because he says, Buffy says no guns. It's not like his own ideas or ideology. And then he gets into, let's start with headbutts, shall we? Some do's and don'ts. Can you even see Andrew doing a headbutt? No. He, I, what I love about him is he, I think you can get multiple kinds of 
bad guys and one of those kinds of bad guys is like an elegant bad guy yeah. who like doesn't do the dirty work himself and like he's a little sticky and a little silly in the show but he's still an elegant bad guy he is. i feel like yes um so i think overall we have the british overlord we have camp counselor buffy and then we have overqualified fanboy yeah I think that's kind of like what we walked away with definitely and then also just i guess the increase in size so it's mm-hmm. no longer Giles watching over just the Scooby gang. It's kind of Giles watching over all the potential Slayers. Um, and same with Buffy. So it becomes more this, not like dictatorship, that's the wrong word, but very much like one person who has like the ultimate knowledge, the ultimate power, and then the rest of those who are adhering to the values of. Yeah, um, I would say there's definitely, there's no longer a single Slayer, yeah. but there is a single Buffy. Which and then, does that mythologize her, or does that, like, put her on a pedestal? I don't know. I guess she deserves to be put on a pedestal, because she's, yeah. like, the mother of all of them. That's she's like true. give So it's, like, very gendered in that way. We're but I also going... kind of miss the, like, you die, another one is born. born. Yeah, but then, like, you miss it, but then you're like, that was the patriarchy, and, like, we That's smashed true. it. And then we, all ladies can be empowered, and not just, like, the special single ones. But they're all under ones. White Buffy. They are still under White Buffy. And then that's a perfect segue yeah. into our non-white Buffy Slayers. You wanna you wanna take it? Yeah. Run with so, it. What do you think? I mean, I don't know. So, t- full disclosure: I haven't finished the Buffy series. Hannah and I are both planning on doing that over our winter break. We are binging hard, so we can come back and hit you with a little bit of more knowledge. knowledge. You know, we'll get there. Um, I don't know. It just kind of felt like they were compensating. Um, for the lack of diversity otherwise. And it was kind of like, here, we'll give you all of them now. <laughs> yeah, I'm right now watching Homecoming, Ooh, where yeah. Cordelia and Buffy are fighting over Homecoming Court. And I've seen so far, I want to say like four or five people of color, and I was shook. Because yeah. like for a Buffy episode, I was like, this is a lot of people of color for them to have included. Yeah. I mean... And it's sad that that five. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. No, it's it's. We've talked about it in class, and it's just there's no reasoning for it. I mean, it's California. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> there, California. There are people of color in California. You don't say. <laughs> okay, so I think what we were really interested in talking about, and we referenced this a bit in our last episode, is the difference in casting someone yeah. of color and drawing someone of color. Yeah. There's just. There's a lot less at stake for drawing, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, it's mostly just the idea that it's an imaginary figure. It's not someone, so it's not actually a person of color representing who they are. It's mostly just this, not caricature, I don't want to say that, but it, like... I think what I was going back and forth on is what's the difference between drawing a character mm-hmm. of color and writing their words, and then, like, an all-white writer's room writing for a character of color. So, like, That's if you're putting real. words in their mouth versus drawing them and putting words in their mouth. And I think the difference for me is if you give it to someone who's actually a person of color and they can kind of put a spin or a Mm -hmm. nuance or just kind of come to it with their own kind of ideology and their own understanding Mm -hmm. versus there's nothing informing this besides besides what the writer Joss and the illustrator bring to it. And I think for me, a big test is like if you made like Satsu white. Yeah. What would that change about the lines she delivers? Yeah. And I don't think it 
it would. And I don't, I don't think it, yeah. No, I don't want I them didn't. to get too caricature but I don't know how nuanced they are as, like, people of color. Yeah, it just kind of feels like one of those things where they were, they sat down and they were like, look, we need more people of color. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. But it was basically just that thought process and no more. And it's basically, like, you're not confronted with the issues of race. It just merely becomes an issue of artistic depiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so you lose the, like, engagement with what it means to include race, I think. Um, yeah, and I'm always, like, a little bit surprised because I feel like Buffy was so on the cusp, on the right side of depicting, like, LGBTQ I know, like, Will relationships. Gay, and yeah. it's just, like, they were so... And, like, you had Kendra. Kendra you, was there. She was there. And then, like, she gets killed, and that was heartbreaking, and it's just... By Drusilla. Right? I mean, ugh. I'm sorry for any Drusilla fans out I there, can't. but I'm not because there are none of you. No, I'm speaking into a void, speaking into an empty hellmouth hole. I none of them. everything about her is just so, and it's like a, the white woman's killing and silencing the black woman. Yeah, and it's a like sickly white woman who's being carried around <laughs> by Spike all the time. So <laughs> it Kendra's a slayer. I, just, I know, I know. I'm and the first slayer, the first slayer in the series is black, and it's like. You have these opportunities, but you 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 pay the actor for that one scene, and then you don't have to deal with them anymore. It's sad, but then I guess the question is how how do you alleviate that the comics without overcompensation, without it feeling phony? Because at and the maybe, end of the day, if they were all white, we'd be way more pissed. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to say that all white writers and illustrators have to only write white characters. No, for sure, no, because. We've tried that historically, <laughs> and it hasn't made as good content as what we have now. And I think that at the end of the day, as much as I'm going to snark at them, I appreciate what they're doing here. No, for sure. And I, I think it's great that they're taking a step back and kind of reevaluating what they did with the seven seasons mm-hmm. on screen uh, and figuring out what they can do better. And I wonder if it's just maybe it's the medium of comics, and maybe it's not the best way to actually make a movement in representation. Um, but I don't know. It's... Oh, I'm just noticing. Satsu <laughs> has this little pin on that says Rude Girl. I want to imagine that's like before, you know when Pokemon like level up? Like yes. she'll become a nasty woman after. Yes. Like she starts as a rude girl, level up nasty woman. I'm a fan. Yeah, I think that... That kind of sums it up. That sums up kind of where we're coming from. If you have anything to add, always feel free to engage with us. In the Twitter verse, we are there. Hashtag live from the Hellmouth. We are live from the Hellmouth. Also, before we go, <laughs> if you are reading this comic online, as we are, and you go all the way to page twenty-eight, please inform us. What is this? We don't know what it is. <laughs> it says Blasty on the top. It says Digital Comic Preservation on the bottom. And then it's an orgy of naked bodies. It's just. Let's be more specific. It is an orgy of white women looking at you but in a very like photoshopped way where you like would drag the mouse so it's like 45 degree angle woman lying down (laughs) like none of them are actually really bent they don't seem to be touching each other like i'm seeing moments like from far away it looks like one of those packaged ramen things like take a step back (laughs) yes blur your eyes a bit you're looking at basically peanuts Please let us know. Please let us know. Hashtag live from the Hellmouth. Live from the Hellmouth. Bye. Bye.